The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests as individuals and do not necessarily reflect those of advertisers or sponsors. This show is intended as entertainment and commentary only. The producers strive for verisimilitude, but nothing said on this podcast should be taken as fact by the listener or viewer without performing due diligence. Hey, all you hats out there. This is Andrew. We're starting off the show a little bit differently this episode. Uh, things are kind of higgledy-piggledy here in KYHO land, but we wanted to make sure that you got a full episode this time. The intro is different, but the hats are the same. So enjoy the episode, and we'll see you on the other side. Bye-bye. The existence, the physical universe, is basically playful. There is no necessity for it whatsoever. It isn't going anywhere. That is to say, it doesn't have some destination that it ought to arrive at. Hello and welcome back, you guys. To keep your hat on, I'm Andrew Scott, along with my good friends, Ty Robert Anthony. Hi! There you go. And, uh, of course, Chris Vacano. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And Dr. Mark C.E. Peterson. Hi ho. Oh, I see what you did there. I I see what you did there. Yeah, we'll come back to a greater explanation of that at another time. But welcome back, as I said, everybody. We are the guys from Keep Your Hat On, and we're doing something slightly different. Uh, For those of you who uh, are watching us on YouTube, we apologize for not having a YouTube video uh, this past episode. Last episode was a little bumpy for us in a number of ways. The vast majority of it lands on me because I've been uh, in and out of the hospital a number of times over the past six months. Of course, I'm the guy that picks a global pandemic as a good time to wind up having a medical issue that puts me in the emergency room. The, the side benefit of that is I have, uh, I've had more uh, COVID tests in the last six months. So I know I'm squeaky clean. I'm headed for another one uh, in the next few uh, months. But uh, also, I got my booster shot while I was in the ER. I wound up in the ER uh, about a week ago this past Friday. Again, I was in and out. But while I was there, I just stuck out my arm and said, booster me. And they did. Um, I will tell you too. Um, uh, Actually, (laughs) it's funny that you mentioned that. Not this past time in the hospital, but the time before in the hospital, I wound up getting Ah, my standard flu shot. Um, So I am, uh, this is what peak protection sounds like. Um, (laughs) But I will will tell people this, um, you know, one of the things that uh, we've all experienced, because all four of us are are double vaccinated and a few of us are boosted now. Um, the one thing that I will tell people, uh, you know, everybody knows the side effects are not that big a deal. Some people were making it out to be like, oh, my God, I'm dying. It's not that. OK, but um, Chris and I both got our first and second vaccines at the same time. I'm the one that's now had a booster shot. And um, I will say that uh, the second time, neither Chris nor I really felt Uh, much by way of side effects. We were told uh, by a medical uh, professional in our bubble, uh, best thing to do is to really dose yourself up uh, good both before and after with something that carries electrolytes. So like a sports or drink or something like that. That was a little bit missing from me this time. 
Um, I did experience some side effects. They were not debilitating. I ran a little bit of a fever and I had some mild body ache. But for everybody out there listening, go get your booster. But do understand that you're probably, unlike the last couple times, if you got away with no side effects that time, you'll probably feel a little something this time. But A little bit punky. Exactly. Yeah. But I will go on to say that now more than ever, if you haven't gotten your booster shot, and Lord knows if you haven't gotten your vaccination get vaccinated um you know we'll talk very briefly about uh what's in the news here with omicron uh you know there's a what new, do you think there's a new variant and again for those who don't know my my kid is an actual legit epidemiologist for the state and uh you know i i get some higher level information not stuff that's uh you know hipaa protected my kid is very good about uh observing those rules but i do get you know 24 hours worth of heads up Surprisingly, though, Chris and I uh, and my kid were all gathered together uh, for Thanksgiving, which was a wonderful treat because I hadn't seen my kid in about six months. But it was a delightful. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a good time had by all, definitely. Uh, yeah. One of the things though that was a little weird is I was able to break the news of Omicron to my kid because they go on a news prohibition on the weekends because they're smart. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and it was wow. weird watching watching all of this unfold in real time on basically on thanksgiving day and yeah. into black friday yeah i agree I, I mean i think all three of us were you know i i don't know if if devin broke the news embargo or not but uh um well they, they, they they're they're sense up to speed you know yeah um yeah. but and, yeah and, you're right it was a little surreal watching it I all was watching the articles yeah. just roll in now and, the latest like, thing the latest fact, you and i were texting back and forth it was like yep well, they named it omicron and you're yeah. like yep. i gotta <laughs> i gotta tell you i got an article about this i think uh late wednesday night mm-hmm and it did not have a name yet. No, it right. didn't have a name. It's, it's, it's until simply out of South Africa, and it and it was um, heading towards uh, the WHO uh, for so, review. So but you're, they were worried about you're, it. You're you're pretty way behind in this tie. Um, oh no, 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 no! I'm telling you, Wednesday night I got a heads up about this. Mm-hmm. That this was coming down the pipe. Yeah, same here. Uh, uh, so now I know that this is uh, on their el- on the Who's elevated list. Uh, it is it's a it rush to a... the market uh, Friday. Yes. Uh, world round, not just us. But the thing uh, the thing about that is, is we are all so gun shy right now that any news that suggests. A change in the path of the pandemic is going to make the markets blow up. Here's where we here's where we are with it now. Um, it was named Omicron, okay. And uh, one of the things that Chris and I were talking about while we were uh, at Thanksgiving is that t- traditionally speaking, they will they they started using uh, Greek alphabet letters uh, to name these things in order to be dispassionate towards uh, place of origin. You know, we all know some guy was calling it the Chinese virus, um, which is is both not fair and flat out friggin' racist. Um, But one of the things that Chris and I were discussing is I was like, they're going to wind up skipping a few letters because we have a moo variant. Uh, New would be the next letter in the alphabet, but it sounds too much like mu. So it's going to wind up causing confusion. And then there's the double thing of the next letter, of course, in the Greek alphabet is Z. And it is, and back me up, Mark, is that how we pronounce X-I in Greek? I forget. Is it chi or D or Z or what? 
Um, yeah, it's, it's still size that KS sound that. Yes, so, so, so it's C. Yeah, that's C. about. I, I always yeah. trying to. Uh, I vaguely remember me teaching myself that it sounds like me sneezing. It so. would be weird to call it uh, COVID X, right? Yeah, oh, that's something that yeah. the movie writers, script writers yeah, would go save, to. Save the X for <laughs> Apple. Yeah, but uh, you know, of course, um, we avoided that for two reasons. Number one, nobody in America knows how to pronounce it. Allah, I just proved that. Right. And two, of course. Uh, XI in, uh, in most Chinese languages uh, is 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 a word, and there's the double yeah. whammy of the what that word means, <laughs> and then means also the thank fact you by the way, right? Yeah, <laughs> so that'd be the the, the shisha virus, and yeah, it's like the thank you virus. Not, not, that, do not really you know? Good. I I vote that we need a thank you virus. I think the thank but, you virus. But um, you know, so there's a there's a whole bunch of things that are loaded into using that and so i was like they're going to skip over a couple of those and we're going to wind up with omicron which is offensive to nobody and really what i've seen as of this morning was an interesting piece where one of the doctors responsible for treating this and it's its discovery in south africa is noting that it actually appears to be it is it is appearing to be more transmissible but less strong it, it, it seems to be a slightly uh, weaker version. Now, I was this just trying thing, to work out what the symptoms of a thank you virus might be, and um, <laughs> I, I think right? that might, these might be those symptoms. It's like you know, a mild cold, and then you're better. Yeah, and you know, you wind up smiling a lot uncontrollably. There. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I wonder even virus. even if even if the weaker illness occurs. I, I still wonder if you know it has a similar long-term effect profile. And that's that's one of those things where we don't know. We have so little information. We're literally talking about something that was detected less than ten days yeah, ago. That's emerged in the last in the last week. Yeah, essentially, effect, yeah. effectively. And of course, you know, yeah. I mean, we can say that it emerged within the last week, but it's probably been percolating uh, for the better part of a month. And you know, mm -hmm. uh, but we have to give props to uh, the uh, South Africa. African medical community uh, for uh, you know detecting this so quickly via their uh, testing and logging routines. We so often to this day look at Africa as being uh, you know to reach back to an episode that we had early on in our show about being third world. Um, that Africa detected this so quickly is a, a, a wonderful example of their medical community really stepping up and and being part of the solution and not part of the problem. I would I would go a step farther with that in that in that not only did they detect it uh, they did their containment measures as quickly as they could and they got the word out yeah they as brought it to they, they brought it to the medical community they moved fast. within they didn't 20, try to hide anything yeah. they didn't get their egos in the way yep they brought it and, to the medical community within 48 hours of first and, noticing and it, and a cluster of these and it's like we're watching where it's going and it's getting caught at point of arrival yeah and people are being quarantined as basically as they step off the plane so this could very well be one of these instances where this virus is and you know for to be specific this my virus seems to have somewhere around 30 mutations in it which is the highest mutation rate we've seen and people freak out when they hear the word mutation um but mutations <laughs> also mean uh, mutations just simply mean change and sometimes 
uh, in virology, they'll notice that a, a virus will do a dramatic set of changes a, as part of its evolutionary process where, yeah, it's got a lot more mutations on the spike, uh, the spike protein, mm -hmm. but then it winds up being a, a, a less, uh, a less impactful strain and it's exchanging its strength as a damaging virus in order to keep itself going in the population survivability exactly yeah and, uh, yeah a more a more lethal virus that's less contagious yeah. so, and, and self-containing yeah and don't get me wrong i'm not trying to blow sunshine up of anybody's skirt but this we could be witnessing the dumbing down of this virus the short answer is we don't know enough yet we are working on no. it and the good news uh, another bit of good news is that at least in uh, i believe it's pfizer's case pfizer is saying that from what they're seeing so far if you are properly and fully vaccinated, and that's key, um, so, uh, there okay. seems to be decent protection so far. They haven't finalized any of their research, but they're seeing that they're figuring that this protection will also work against Omicron. What we can never know, Andrew, is with the mutations is when we get the uh, Wolverine variant right? mutation. I want, <laughs> I want, I'm, I'm pulling for the superpowers, you know? I mean, or the, or the that's Deadpool. what we need. You have the Deadpool, the Deadpool version. Variant, no, which doesn't that, give a shit about I was just going to say that that's <laughs> a unicorn. I got a feeling that's going to be uh, a hard brand to market. But, you know, again, <laughs> go out, get your booster. If you haven't gotten your shot, already get your shot frankly get any vaccine available where you are contact your local health authorities to see where you can get a vaccine near you but really to wrap up our intro here we wanted to take a minute to tell you all at home or wherever you are that um we've all decided that we have faces for radio and so we are stepping back from the video production of this podcast. We will still have a video presence on YouTube. And for all you people that listen to us and subscribe to us on YouTube, number one, thank you. And uh, number B, uh, stay put because we'll be back in full production uh, as far as the audio version available on YouTube shortly. But, you know, from me, because I'm the producer, I'm the guy that does the heavy lifting when it comes to producing the episodes. I got chit to do, and we've just been feeling that we can provide more to you as a listening audience by keeping you a listening audience and not a viewing audience. It takes me on average four days to produce one of our videos. But let's just face this, Andrew. We're actually doing this for our listeners. Uh, right. Because seeing us... Uh, watching us when we're not visible to them actually improves the show. Right. Well, and of course, we're all so distracting on camera because of, you know, I mean, we're just, people are riveted and they, 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 don't, they don't absorb all the stuff they, we're bringing uh, yeah, to them. Yeah. Well, you went a completely it, different direction. I was trying, yeah, because personality yeah, rather okay. than you just want to point out the fact that we're four ugly old middle-aged bastards well, sitting around I gotta, in our... I got well, to laugh about this because, yeah, your face is, your face is for audio... Uh, comment it just it just makes me laugh because uh my friend vivian you know you know vivian andy yeah. uh, she early on when we were doing the podcast she, she's like oh so chris you're the hot one and and it's like wow if i'm the hot one that is not at all complimentary yeah. to anybody else well and and for our <laughs> listeners uh, vivian's the one that should be on camera so uh you know chris, oh totally chris enjoy being uh being patronized that way uh, but tell you what, folks, we're going to step away. Nice. We're going to take a quick break. We are the guys from Keep Your Hat On. We are Mark and Ty and Chris and Andy. And we will be right back in just a second. Don't go anywhere. Chris is the hot one. Right? What bullshit is that? It's the hair. It's the hair. It's the hair. Maybe so. Maybe so. 
Hey everybody, Michael, your stalwart announcer here, the voice of the Keep Your Hat On podcast. We really hope you're enjoying the shows we put out every month and the bonus goofiness we try and throw in. If you do, we'd really appreciate your support. While we'd love it if you could help us out with a monthly donation by heading over to patreon.com nbbn, please don't forget that you can also support us by telling your friends, relatives, the hot Amazon delivery guy, hell your potted fern, about the show, and do the like, click, and subscribe thing. That's free, and it helps us out more than you might suspect. We just want to keep putting something good out into this bananas world at this extra bananas time. And we want you along for the ride. No matter what, thanks so much for audio visualizing. Now, let's get back to the show. And hello and welcome back to this episode of Keep Your Hat On. I am Andrew Scott, along with Dr. Mark Peterson. Hi. And Chris Vacano. Yo. And Ty Robert Anthony. Hello. What's happening, you guys? Oh, see what hello. I did there? Yeah. Oh, what's yeah, happening? Oh. Yeah, what's happened's another thing that hey, we'll talk guys. about at something. But hey, you guys. Um, hey, and guys, of course, just guys. I, think, I think the most famous hey, you guys of all time is, of course. Hey, you guys! And that, of course, is the uh, oh, national treasure. Her. The national the treasure of Rita Moreno. And uh, Rita Moreno is one of those people where I, I would still, to this day, fawn over her. She is a national treasure and, of course, a national treasure and a... Uh, Territorial treasure? Is that how we're going to refer to uh, to Puerto hemispheric? Rico? Hemispheric. I will give her <laughs> hemispheric. And again, that she's still uh, out there doing what she does is an absolutely oh, wonderful she's, thing. Is she's she still is out there? Oh, yeah. of course she is. Yeah. yeah. She's in the yeah. she's in the new Spielberg uh, version of West Side Story. In fact, oh, yeah. I mean, no, she oh, makes. Oh my gosh. You can't yeah. do it without Rita Moreno. I mean, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah no. Oh my gosh. But that, that does see. bring us to an interesting place um we so often in a group environment or gosh even in a three-person environment we'll say those kind of famous words hey you guys and or, or just you guys or you guys and of course everything starts somewhere and uh ty you uh you stumbled upon something and this also has a a, a personal connection for you because this was something that came up in your life and it made you step back and go, hmm. And that's the origin of the phrase, hey, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, let's, <laughs> let's, um, let's back up for a minute. Yeah. I, I just want to pass this around. When I say, uh, when I say microaggressions, what are one or two words that, that come to your mind? Nice shirt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, we all know what a microaggression... Well, I shouldn't say that. 
actually, Ty, you're right. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't understand what a microaggression is. A microaggression, and I'm not doing a formal definition, but a microaggression is a little something thrown into a sentence where it seems innocuous, but to certain segments, it might be received as a, what I'll call, kind of a poke in the eye, a subtle, subliminal poke in the eye about it some aspect of themselves. Intended. Yeah. I, so once yeah. again, let's pass it around the room in a word or two. What uh, comes up for you when I say microaggressions? Like examples of? Whatever comes up for you. Yeah. Um, Just a word or two. Yeah, hey, you've got beautiful eyes. That, well, no, actually what I'd say was at least you have beautiful eyes. Oh, well, mm. <laughs> that's just mm -hmm. an aggression. <laughs> I can see why you got this job. Uh, there you go. Ooh, there you ouch. go. Yeah. I understand why you might think that. It's these kind of backhanded compliments. That's that's what I'm. But see, they're I not really. They're they're that. products. Of, they're products of our of, of of really negative paradigmatic assumptions that we make without always recognizing it. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. And, that's, and that for okay. me, one of the words that comes up for me is indoctrination. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Uh, uh, yeah, well, these are... One of the words that, that comes up for me is, well, it's actually two words, it's subtly insidious. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it, it might, it might be systemic and clear baked on what you were asking. I, I was uh, just going to say, I was going to say habituation. There you go. Habituation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, to be clear, microaggressions by definition from Wikipedia is a term used commonplace uh, in daily verbal, behavioral, or environmental slights, mm -hmm. where whether intentional or unintentional, that communicate hostile, derogatory, or negative attitudes towards stigmatized or culturally mar marginalized groups. Yeah, there you go. So, so it's the cultural that cultural norming of language, and I, I think I think I can hear where we're headed with this, yeah. you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So how Ty. did this how did this well, pop up for you, know, you that, Ty? So uh, the thing is, is, is um, in this last year particularly, I think we've all kind of started to look at where things come from and how they fit into our vernacular today in our current cultural climate sure um things like uh eeny meeny miny mo right ah, even yeah. even some of the songs that we thought were just harmless little songs oh nursery rhymes are uh, terrible that way when you really start uh, digging under the hood mm -hmm. well you coming, uh, uh, coming around the mountain right yeah yep um not a pretty song no. Uh, when you really start looking into it. Oh, Buffalo Gals, won't you come out tonight? Yep, all that sort of yeah. minstrel yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. This is all pretty so rough. So all these things that it. we've been indoctrinated into thinking are just innocent little stuff. Hmm. Over the last year, two years, we've kind of, if you've been, if you've been experimenting and poking around at this stuff, you've, you've probably run down some research and just kind of went, oh, not pretty. Yeah. If you haven't, I really invite you. Uh, to take some time and just start Google some of the, you know, some of the, the songs that you grew up with or that you learned in kindergarten. Yeah. Um, and see what their origins are. I think For that whole me, thing, that, po that points out something really interesting to me in that is, that, again, we blindly allow things to be enculturated into us. And then really all it takes is a stepping back and a simple investigation. Nobody has an excuse anymore to not be able to look something up and go a little bit rabbit holeish with it. And I right. think you're right, Ty, that the more you do that, the more you educate and inform yourself and you start seeing, 
oh, holy shit, I didn't realize I was doing that this whole time. I didn't realize that was what I was putting out there. Yeah, I, 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 and, and it just comes from us trusting the adults in the room that are teaching us these nursery rhymes or that we're em emulating their vernacular, the adult in the room's vernacular, because if they're saying it, it must be acceptable, right? And, well, and, and again, they might are, not know. They might not know yeah, the history of the Absolutely. What they, I, were, what they were inculcated. I really don't think that this trend of hunting things down and looking at the, the complete uh, nursery rhyme lyrics or anything like that has really started um, maybe the last three years, right? So even the adults didn't know, and they got indoctrinated by the adults in the room when they were kids, right? Agreed. This is generational. So um, I'm at a meeting. Uh, Ty, Ty if, I could, if I could jump in for a second, I, I do think it goes a little farther back than three years because I recall about five or six years ago, there was a dust-up over the use of the word picnic. Uh, yeah. And that it had... Um certain southern racist implications and 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 there was a lot of back and forth on that one but that was that was outside of the last three years yeah well, i mean it's, it's going to happen historically I, i'm sure that it's happened off and on for these mm -hmm. little things here and there since the birth of the internet right sure. but what i'm saying is is the last three years or so it's where it's, it's visible really, yeah it's visibility has risen it's, up it's really, really taken, taken off mm -hmm. yeah so again uh, ty uh, where did this suddenly kind of bubble up so in your I'm life. So I'm at a meeting. Okay. I'm, I'm at a meeting. I'm on, on a teleconference meeting. Uh, all women. Right. Um, one of them is my boss. And as the meeting ends, I say, thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Now, I talked to my supervisor. We were talking about it. And I, I expressed that I felt a little cringy saying that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and she said, well, you know, that's not totally bad if you look at where it came from she actually shot me an article because she had done the same thing too and which first of all i mean let's go into where it comes from real quick before we talk about how it's taking on the meaning that it's it's taken on generally mm -hmm. in in our society currently so uh this turns out that if you don't know uh who guy fox was guy fox was <laughs> A penny uh, for this, the old guy, right? Yeah. Was a 15th century uh, British soldier. He wanted to throw the Protestant-led British government out and bring back the Catholic uh, way of doing things. And so he planned to explode uh, the House of Lords in 1605. And of course, this... Gunpowder, this, uh, treason, and plot. Yep. Yeah, the, uh, how how is the saying go, Andy? What what is that saying that they say over in Britain? Oh, do this? you remember the fifth of November? Gunpowder, treason, and plot. It's a it's a yeah. full poem. I can't quite remember. Mark, do you remember who actually wrote the poem? Mm. Uh, anyways, no, but it did show up in V. Yeah, well, yeah, that's Alan that's, Moore that's the most famous. I think that's the most famous uh, uh, famous use of it. And of course, the Guy Fox mask has has been taken up. Uh, first, really came out uh, during the Occupy movement, but yeah. then was uh, adopted by uh, uh, an organization uh, that 
is you know infamous in using it and that is anonymous uh, mm-hmm. And uh, really, they're they're certainly not doing anything with it by way of uh, Protestant versus Catholic or anything like that. Uh, they uh, use it as a uh, visual uh, visual identifier for um, uh, power back to the people. It is weird, by the way. This always pays to to look into these things. That uh, Guy Fawkes actually, when he was captured, turned turned in his co-conspirators. Yep. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Ty. Uh-huh. And, and there were a go lot. Of, there were a lot of co-conspirators. Yeah, go on, no, Ty. And, and 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 we're we're heading there. And so yes, uh, okay, these events, okay. these events did uh, actually make their way into V for Vendetta. Fox, of course, didn't didn't succeed. And so um, uh, after he was convicted, uh, that's when Parliament Fifth of November Act mm-hmm. made the day of his thwarted attack. A national holiday, which was Andy, Andy was just talking about, and, and in that holiday, there are effigies of Mr. Falk, um, the Pope. And there are e- effigies of the Pope, and they are burned, and mm-hmm. so this whole thing started. This this trope guys thing started with with the effigies being referred to as guys. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Um, and some people began to use guys to refer to actual people. Usually, men of the lowest uh, are most deprived of kind. Of course, right? Because this right? would be like a slam, right? Is that what so you're it saying? was a pejorative. Yeah. It was yeah. a pejorative, yeah. And this was early in the 18th century. So, you know, now we fast forward, we start to see it. Uh, guys eventually shifts its meaning to working class men. Then eventually comes to embody, you know, to to include all males, and by the middle of the 20th century, to mean females too. We, we kind of just unconsciously have kind of voted this into our vernacular, and it has kept rolling since the 18th century. Yeah, and so when you now, say "Hey, you guys," you're actually referring to uh, the, the the Catholic supporters of Guy Fox. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we didn't uh, I mean, notice whole at, time. At, at some point. And so it doesn't have, now you take it into the 21st century, you know, this, this is being a, a term, you know, really uh, used without being gender specific. Yeah, and uh, that's just it. It's, it's lost its political connotation. It's lost its religious connotation. And now for us, what we're stubbing our toe on is whether or not it has a gender-specific connotation, and that's where you kind of butted up against it. And and that's and that's just it. You know, in this in this day in this culture right now, we're we're grappling with a few things and trying to be aware of the words that come out of our mouths because words have power. Exactly. And, and the so. last thing that we want to do is shape f- our reality. Well, not only that, words set the tone for all the words that follow. And if you are blithely and casually using something where you don't know, and I think a lot of this comes down to whether or not we recognize, not even acknowledge, but recognize that something can be interpreted as a microaggression. I mean, as a disabled person, I I get this a lot, where people think they're saying something that I will affiliate with or, or... or, or interpret from them as being encouraging 
when it's actually not. Um, you know, there's there's an example. I, I'm in a number of disabled centric groups on places like Reddit where people will often come in and say something that somebody recently said to them that the the originating person speaking thought was supportive, but made the person hearing it feel like garbage. Uh, and one of the better examples was uh, when uh, when a woman went to uh, a a doctor and the nurse was triaging them. The nurse said something to the effect of, you're really strong. I would have killed myself if I had to deal with that. And mm. what they're effectively saying is, your life is so horrible, I wouldn't be willing to live it. <laughs> and so it, it, w w I think what's really happening overall, and the Hey You Guys is a great illustration of that, is we are allowing ourselves to become more aware of how what we say lands for people, irrespective mm -hmm. of what we mean. And I think that's nothing but a good thing. I think we've become way too lazy about language. And we're too accepting of, oh, well, you know, the old, the good old saying, oh, this is how we've always done it. You know what? <laughs> how we've always done shit is coming back to bite us in the ass in so many different places in modern life right now. I'm all for a reexamination of these things. If we've grown to accept this imbalance in communication. Communication is about intention and reception, and they should be in balance. Uh, so, so you put forth, you, you say your thing. Behind that is your intention, what you mean, what you think you mean, what you think you're saying, and then reception is how it's landing with the other person. And mm -hmm. we've gotten very comfortable with an imbalance where a lot more emphasis is placed on intention. And for a long time, we've gotten away with, oh, well, I didn't really mean it that way. Yeah, the good old and trope. So I think, I think that paradigm that's is changing. an unacceptable changing. argument. Ty? So that, that paradigm is, 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 is in itself the way that you, you kind of, what you were kind of putting out there, Chris, is gone to the to the wayside itself you know the 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 idea is and the way that it was taught to me was tend to the impact not the intent yeah mm. so it doesn't well, matter what my intent right. was it's uh, the balance is shifting back mm -hmm. uh, that, that's uh, what i'm uh, suggesting yeah yeah i don't uh, know uh, you know but you guys listen i mean in real mm -hmm. life do people actually have any intentions as a rule when they say anything or does it just come out their face I mean, oh, I think you know, I think we always have intentions. I don't I don't know that we're fully cognizant of what our intentions are. Oh, there you are go. Now, now yeah. you're talking. See, uh, that makes yeah. sense to me. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense yeah. to me because I think it's like um, whenever I've said stupid things, uh, I almost never meant to, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Right. And and um, uh, you know, as a poster child for a sort of white male privilege. Uh, I had all sorts of opportunities to say stupid things in my life, you know, and like I figured most of the time now I'm I'm aware of them. And so I don't say them anymore because I think that they're stupid. But, you know, there, a lot of that wasn't in deliberate, but it's it's lurking in our, you know, our long-term habits and in the cultural, what the culture finds to be acceptable. I mean, it's like, I, I was thinking about the difference between aggressions and microaggressions. I think, you know, when people want to be really aggressive, they just say, then they actually really intend it, don't they? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the microaggressions, I, um, yeah. for instance, I don't know if any of you, so I grew up, let's go to the source of this. I you grew, grew up, up watching, I grew up, well, not yet, but I, when I was, when I was a much younger person, um, you know, uh, you would watch Don Rickles on Ed Sullivan. Oh yeah. And he would have and, no career today. And it's like, it's like, oh, good golly, Miss Molly. It's like, he, um, 
that stuff's not funny. And um, it was hilarious in 1964. Yeah. Or Jackie Mason doing doing um, Jewish shtick on Ed Sullivan. Even that stuff would be a little bit twitchy nowadays, Yeah, right? most Borscht Belt stuff doesn't land well these days, even for the Jewish community. Or, or, or and, even going back earlier to Henny Youngman. And, oh, yeah, for instance. Well, yeah. so I remember asking my mom, you know, this was like, so 1963, it's like, you know, because we could never say stuff like that. And I remember even asking as like a five-year-old, it's like, how come he can say that? And he goes, well, it's okay. He's Jewish, right? Or if Flip Wilson made jokes about African-Americans, right? Or if, if Richard Pryor did, it was okay because they were black, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'd love to make jokes about Vikings, but there's really nothing funny about, <laughs> oh, I don't about know. Vikings. Well, we just you need to build hats. that muscle, that's all. What Mark, about that, those that brings up That brings up a really good point, and I've really been... Uh, looking at this and mm -hmm. in, in, reflecting about this um, is just comedy in, in general, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that's, if I'm paying attention, um, my laughter, the things that I think are funny yeah. are are things that make me feel uncomfortable oh, slightly, yeah. 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 right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the things that I would never do or say, but let's face it, may have thought about it. And somebody, <laughs> else some is manif and somebody else is manifesting it for you. So you laugh, but then you go, yeah. I'm not supposed to be laughing about that, but at least I, you said it. <laughs> some of us right. did laugh, and I'll, I'll just own this, and I feel terrible about it now, but I mean, I laughed at Andrew Dice Clay. Sure. Not all the oh, time, but, but here and there, right? And yeah. it's like, but I think that's right, Ty. Um, one, of, one of the working definitions I have when I think about comedy is this idea that comedy is what calls attention to the fact that you're in a really stupid place and you just yeah. hadn't noticed it yourself. Mm -hmm. It calls attentions to the falsity, right, of your presentation to the public, right, that, to that hypocrisy. Well, yeah, and I, I think, I think I, I've come to a, a, a similar, in viewing comedies or, or comedy shows or, or sketches mm -hmm. or something like that, uh, uh, what I've come across is, is it's kind of cathartic, right? So, oh, absolutely. Just yeah. like I would watch that ultra-violent movie, mm -hmm. right? John uh, Wick. Mm -hmm. I, and I'm not going to... Come on. It's not steeped in reality. No. It's, mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's not something that I'm going to think about doing, but I'm going to be entertained by it. And maybe some feelings of aggression are lifted away from me by it's watching it. a bit of a cleansing. Yeah. It's good to think about. I like that idea of, that it, of comedy is cathartic because what that does, right, it's undoing some internal tensions you might not have known you had, right? Is that what you mean? Well, and yeah, that's, it's, exactly. it's interesting to look back, of course, you know, when we think about comedy, we also think about its antipode, which is tragedy. And the, the, Maybe you do. <laughs> fair point. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, when we think about comedy and tragedy, one of the things, unless you've really kind of dug into the comedic and tragic uh, model in, in Greek oratory and in, in Greek entertainment, um, the, the word catharsis is really important mm -hmm. there because people misunderstand comedy and tragedy, that comedy is supposed to make you laugh and tragedy is supposed to make you cry. Actually, in truth, comedy is supposed to help make you cry and tragedy is supposed to help make you laugh <laughs> because they're both based in pointing out the absurdity of things. And once you are able to see the absurdity of the circumstance you're in, then that is the path towards catharsis, which is a release, as Mark said, a release of that inner tension in should I laugh at this? Am I supposed to cry at this? I don't know how I feel, so I'm just going to let myself react in whatever way my my body mind feels is proper. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I to, to this day, I, what, what I'm thinking about, what's coming up for me right now in terms of something cathartic that you laugh at, uh, there is a routine in the Kings of Comedy by uh, uh, Bernie Mac, and it is hilarious. And it is just so wrong. But his delivery and, and the telling of the story, and it is kind of a... It, like I said, I've come to accept that most of my laughter is from a nervous or anxious place. I am grateful that you brought this up, Ty, insofar as one of the things I've been trying to do, especially over the last couple of years, is degender my language. Um, I don't, I'm not one of these people that gets grumpy when, well, you can't call a man a man anymore. Uh, good. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Fucking fine. We don't have other ways that we can refer to each other that's more neutral. Do you, are you so invested in your own sense of what makes a man that doing it in another way threatens your own sense of masculinity? Grow up. Grow up and take the time and take this opportunity culturally to examine how you speak to people and, and be more aware of how these things might impact somebody else, irrespective of your intentions. Because as we've all mentioned at one point in time or another in this conversation, what we say and what we intend to communicate at times can be at odds with each other accidentally or, or subliminally towards ourselves. Why not take the time to examine? Examining does really produces nothing but good things if only to bring you to a greater point of sensitivity towards what you're putting out in the world you're absolutely right there are and there are two exercises i apply to myself in this process i'm i'm also trying to you know change and be more mindful and there there are two maxims that i always keep in in mind and one is if it wasn't in your head why would it fall out your mouth and then the corollary is if that just fell out of my mouth, what was it doing in my head? Very good. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Uh, knowing that it was, by the mid-20th century, gender neutral and, and was just meant as kind of a all about dig, mm -hmm. mm. does, that, does that help you want to continue with that? Maybe, maybe not. And I mean, that's that's the interesting thing. So uh, now, now, I mean, now, if you really look at the history, saying "Hey, guys" or "You guys," right? Mm -hmm. Does it still hold the sting of a dig? Hey, you treasonous plotters! <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I, it, I, it certainly has never carried an insult sort of sense for me because. I've lived in a time well clear of that, as as have you guys. Uh, there, I just did it. Uh, it's it's in it's it's in there. I mean, it's yeah, it's um, it's baked in. Yeah, and it's for um, us. It's for us to unbake it a little to, bit to find to find new words, and 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 that's a particular one that I have a hard time breaking around because. Uh, the only good alternatives I've found are like you people, which feels awkward, or uh, y'all, which does it feels, feel awkward because it's it, just it something feels that inauthentic. To but me what I'm to what say I'm y'all, what I'm trying. Yes, I agree. Can he, uh, no, you when know, you or, say it, it does. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Colorado white boy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. not from the south. Uh, but you know, Chris, does it feel awkward just because you're not practiced in it? <laughs> it, it, it could be. Uh, it, 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 it also, it's. 
I, honestly, it's two syllables rather than one, uh, and and it it changes the rhythm. Oh, of so the you're language. just lazy. <laughs> well, but that that's Ty. That circles back. It's too many syllables. Ty, that circles back around to what I said earlier, and that is a lot of this is because people are okay with being lazy about language. And exactly. the, the the thing is, is what they're doing is they're not actually being lazy about language. They're being lazy about communication. And that is inherently mm. different. I have a weird story about this, by the way. And Please. Andy, I might've told you this some years ago, but- um, There's it, always a good chance of that. Yeah, probably. It's like, yeah, I, I know. It's like, and, and my older, I'm turning into my dad, which is like the really scary part because my dad was the one who goes, oh, you know, I got a story about this. And I was like, all right, somebody get the bourbon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're going to be here you know, a bit. We want to try to be, I remember my adopted grandmother when I first, you know, that thing when you first start to feel like you're turning into your parents, you know, in your early 20s, you start to hear them come out of your mouth and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And, I said, oh, my God, I'm turning into my father. And she smiled and said, oh, sweetheart, maybe you'll be a milder version. (laughs) (laughs) A slightly more palatable version. I had something I was really interesting about the communication and about the the sort of asymmetries involved in it and when you're paying attention to what you're saying and when you aren't. And this came from when I spent a year in, in Riga in Latvia when I was on sabbatical back in the 90s. And the really interesting, I noticed this after just like a month or two. So if you're in, if you're in Latvia, so first of all, uh, like nobody speaks Latvian, right? I mean, it's one of those weird, Latvian and Lithuanian are its own little weird twig on the end of a linguistics tree, like uh, Finnish and Estonian are, right? It's like they're Martian. So, so, but I'm in Riga and it's like, um, I was getting by because if they didn't speak uh, English, they spoke German, and so I was able to hobble along with that, and enough Latvian to like operate menus and, and stuff. The well, important okay, so, shit, yeah. But what 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 I noticed there, because I was working with um, these uh, environmental NGOs like the Swedish Wildlife Foundation, some German ones, and stuff like this, and so we're everybody's kind of using English as a as sort of like the the, the uh, lingua franca, lingua franca. Kind of thing, yeah. yeah, that's pretty funny though if you think about it. it. Very much anyway. Is, yeah. Um, and but what I noticed was uh, that in so we'd have these 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 meetings with like you know ten or fifteen people, everybody would be very careful to say now when I say this, here's what I'm trying to say, and I'm not I don't speak English that well, so do you understand that this this is what I mean? And what I what I realized this is really something was that in most so in within in Latvia within like three hundred miles of Riga. There's like five or six or seven completely different languages, none of which can understand each other, right? They're not even cognates, right? That's okay. So what would happen was everybody would be very careful to assume that if other people didn't understand them, it was their fault, right? I'm not making myself understood. (laughs) Okay. And I thought how different that was from Americans, because if other people can't understand us, we figure it's their fault. Yeah, we immediately put the onus of understanding on them. Right, and so this is like a completely different way of How looking at, at the world. Yeah, so uh, very much, you know. And it's like if so, if I'm not if I'm not being understood, if I'm an American, it's not my fault. It's your fault for not understanding me. Well, Every, a the, lot of other places in the world, 
if you're not understood, you assume maybe it's your fault for not being able to express yourself right? properly. Right. There's, there's that classic trope of Americans traveling abroad and saying something in English, and oh, when dear. the person clearly doesn't understand, they say it louder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, oh that just doesn't work. But tell you what, everybody, we are going to take a quick break and come back with uh, something I'm not even going to refer to right now because I'm afraid that I'm going to set the timer starting for me. But Chris is going to get us straight on that this is the narrow band broadcast network this is keep your hat on this is dr mark peterson and ty robert anthony and chris Vacano, and we will be right back hi everybody this is andrew scott the host and producer of the keep your hat on podcast look This pandemic has been really hard on all of us. There's no question. Things were so bad for so long. Everybody locked away, praying to stay healthy, hoping for a solution. And for a while, things started legitimately getting better. But now, just when we were thinking we could get back to some kind of normal, we have the Delta variant, which is much more transmissible, like, 60% more, and it makes more people sicker, including young people. We may be through with coronavirus, but coronavirus is sure the hell not through with us. Feeling helpless feels awful, but we are not helpless. Both of the MNRA vaccines are highly effective against both the Gamma and Delta variant, especially when it comes to keeping people out of the hospital. Statistically speaking, if you get either MNRA shot, your chances of getting coronavirus are very, very low. And if by some unfortunate quirk you do, your chances of passing it on are significantly lower your chances of having to be hospitalized are even lower, and your chances of dying are nearly zero. Yes, both Pfizer and Moderna are working on variant-specific boosters right now. But honestly, any shot of any kind is better than remaining unprotected. Truth is, the more unvaccinated people we have, the more mutations and variants we'll see. And there's a chance they'll be even worse than what we're dealing with now. You're sick of this, we're sick of this. So do what it takes to help fight it. Do everyone a favor, keep wearing your mask in public, stay vigilant and get your damn shot, any shot. That's how we fight this fucking virus for all of us. In the US, go to vaccines.gov or contact your local health authority worldwide to find out where to get yours today. This has been a public service message from the KYHO team.
And hello, we are back for the last segment of Keep Your Hat On. That was the hissing Dr. Mark Peterson. That is the very shiny Ty Robert Anthony. Very shiny. Today. Very shiny. And we are going over to the, uh, apparently, the hot one. Uh, uh, Chris Vacano and uh, 100,000 yeah. on the Schofield scale. Right? I think uh, Ooh, Schofield. I think, I think the ego, the ego's going to have a hard time moving out the door. Well, the the good Lego news my about ego. that is, yeah, like of my, my ego, very like good. Like my ego. Uh, but uh, <laughs> guys, Chris, um, you are going to get us all prepared for what, of course, is uh, the most. Uh, I'm not going to say it's the most wonderful time of the year. It is, for some of us, the most dangerous time of year. It is. It and is that uh, time of year again. For? Yeah, it's it's that time of year again when you're out at a cafe, the shopping mall, you know, with friends at a work party, and wham! Last Christmas. Ugh. It's Whamageddon time. This is uh, this is very Gen X specific, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's suddenly you your ears are assaulted by the uh, the wondrous tones of George Michael and a song that you just don't really want to find yourself swimming in. That's right. That's right. And and honestly, for me, I I will cop to it. I kind of oh. like I kind of like Last Christmas. It's just me. It's not an offensive uh, song. Yeah, they're they're a lot worse. Oh God, uh, yes. So 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 a little bit about Whamageddon. Yeah, and where did I this come from? About this. Yeah, it started. It, it, it's roughly pegged to about 2010. It started on an internet forum called uh, GT Planet. Okay. Um, and and it it was originally uh, GT Planet versus Wham last Christmas, and and they started the game on that forum. And essentially, what it was was, uh, I, I mean, well, let me break down the the current rules as they're understood. They, they were about the same as as the original rules. Right. So so these are like the official Whamageddon rules. And yes, there are there, there's a website and everything. Um, Number one, the player must go as long as possible without hearing Wham's Christmas song last Christmas. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you are <laughs> fucker. You are so ahead of the curve. I was except, except that that fails against rule number two. Which uh, is? Poop. Rule number two, the game starts on the 1st of December and ends midnight on We're the 24th saved. of December. <laughs> saved by the calendar. Yeah. Uh, number three, only the original version of Last Christmas applies. Oh, the player can okay. listen to remixes and covers. <laughs> to their four. heart's content. <laughs> <laughs> or, or until their ears bleed. Right, Didn't well, Johnny uh, Cash put a version of that on his last album? Oh, God, I oh, hope that not. that would be awesome. Oh, let's hope not. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, I would do we're, we're dramatically divided here in the KYHO camp whether or not that would be a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> no, that would be a bad thing. I agree. I would love it. Hey, he fixed Depeche Mode, man. I'm just saying. Oh, he, if, if he did it like he did Hurt, yeah. you know, that's slow and low and dark, I mean, that would be so cool. <laughs> well, we'll get into we'll get into the beauty of uh, Rick Rubin at another time. That. I'm going to get that. We've, I'm going to get that. We've got more rules here. Kids. Okay, keep going. Uh, so the player is out. Uh, rule four, the player is out as soon as they recognize the original version of the song. Uh, rule number five, the player must post pound... Uh, I'm sorry, that's a me thing. Hashtag Whamageddon on social media as soon as they lose the game. Right. Uh, number six, players can play on a player versus player mode if they wish by sending links to the songs 
to friends to try to get them out of the game. Yet this is not encouraged. Oh, what and, dirty pool that is. And, yeah, really. All you right? need is a, is a tiny URL that yeah. doesn't... Uh, oh, that's uh, not uh, cool, sneaky. man. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, look, if you're going to rickroll somebody, rickroll them. Right, right? just rickroll them. That's all. Yeah, don't do this. Uh, and, and rule number seven, and this is the last of the official rules, playing last Christmas outside another competitor's house is considered dastardly and should be avoided. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. And when I wow. read that, I got this John Cusack holding up exactly, the, oh, yeah, the yeah. boombox yeah, outside with the 74 <laughs> Pontiac. Yeah, you're absolutely so, right. I, I got to tell you, uh, the last time that I heard it before Mark just started playing it, uh-huh. It was probably never. Well, uh, I mean, I may have heard it. I may have heard it. And yeah, I'm uh, kind of with I'm with Kai here. It's like, OK, it's so, well, a so, song that I really, you know. So I yeah. think that brings us all, all four of us to a place. And that is this year, because this is our inaugural year at a podcast. Yeah, we are playing Whamageddon. All right. Oh, I think okay. so. I think what's going to happen here is if you follow us on social media, Keep your keep your eye out because we're going we're going to do it we're going to do it and we're going to reveal and we're 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 going to reveal what order we go out in. Um, I don't think is there. I don't know if there's going to be a prize. I'll figure out a prize. Yeah, I think I think yeah, we should have some kind of award. And Mark, you are not allowed to stealth in. You're not allowed tomorrow to learn this and then stealth it in on the ukulele. That's as uh, bad as I, driving I, up to our house. Oh, no, my band is now going to record this as Johnny Cash. Fuck you. <laughs> Mark, Mark, ukulele version uh, would be fine because that's covered by the... By oh, that's the a cover. cover. Oh, he's right. It's not yeah. the original. Okay. It's not the original. All right. You know what? I have to stand by and go, yeah. And that rules. <laughs> we have rules for a reason, isn't that right? Exactly. That's so true. Yeah. Um, I think oh, that's Ty's pretty... Got, yeah, Ty and I, are, we should well, do this on... Before, we'll do this for Christmas, Ty. I've got All a right. little more texture on this, if I, if I could. Yes, please. People who are out... Uh, are sent to Whamhalla. Uh, oh, that is oh. that is the term for people who are knocked out. Or, wha- or Whamguard. Oh. <laughs> uh, Whamguard. <laughs> and, and there are some alternate variants of the game. In 2016, uh, there's a version. Uh, there was a version surrounding Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues. Right. And the one rule oh. that applied to that game was no Pogue rolling. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is that like Rick rolling? <laughs> yep. And then GT Planet themselves, since George Michael passed away on Christmas Day in 2016, they <sighs> tried to change, they basically changed the rules of the GT Planet version of the game to All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey, which is just ruthless <laughs> because that song is inescapable. And, and, and at the same time, it's wonderful because that song is so horrible. Yeah. Uh, Am I the only one who really doesn't like Mariah Carey? No, you are not the only one. I respect. Sometimes I wonder. I respect her as a vocalist. I respect her as a musician. Brilliant. Whatever vocalist. I can live for the rest of my life happily without. As a a human being. Sorry about that, everybody. But well, no problem. Well, I tell you what. Again, this is our. This is Ty. We're tying it. Wham again. Overdue on the on on the uke because it's going to be affecting my ability to edit. Oh, okay. There we go. Thank you. Uh, Mark, but I. Th- you? Uh, well, uh, 
just save it for when I desperately need you, which is every once in a while, okay? So, uh, Don't but lie. we, <laughs> shush, I'll listen to Is anytime I want. Thank you very much, or Jake, or any of a number of other <laughs> masters of the craft. But speaking of Jake, new sp- album. Oh, really? And uh, if, if you all thought that uh, the ukulele was a novelty, uh, there are some things. There's a song with Jack Johnson that will just, that rips it up. Oh, he'd kill it. And by the way, um, let me recommend and, my friend Stu Few. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Ty. And there's a song with Billy Strings. Oh, man. Billy uh, Strings yeah. is on fire these days. Just won the Country up. Music Award. Uh, and one of those one of those new country artists that I, I just got to tell you, everybody that's listening, no matter where you are in the world, if you don't like American country music, you need to check in with what's happening now. Because American I was, country I was music about this guy like six months, eight months ago. Yeah, a year ago. and and Dust yeah. in the baggie is just <clears throat> a hilarious, good blues. Oh hell yeah, it is. So it, definitely check out these new things because I, I'm one of the people that says that we're not reinventing country music. What we're doing is we're taking country music back, and there's such good new music happening now that uh, I, I think probably our next cycle of my three songs should be focusing on that on what's really happening now in Man, country music and you know, all it's so funny how it's so funny how things come around right this is this is That'll i'm gonna start sounding it's that 20 like, it's that 20 year cycle it must be you know um um i hitchhiked out to texas in about 1975 to actually to uh, willie nelson's fourth of july picnic there you go but in in austin I discovered Jerry Jeff Walker and what they then called progressive country, and I right. changed that. That was it, man, forever, man. Um, Texas Trilogy, if you can find it, it's on YouTube now. One of the great albums ever made. Uh, one of the greatest albums yeah, ever made, true. without question. And so this is the, so we're having a resurgence in country music. You know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of it going back to like roots music, right? Yeah, we're hearing that more and more. The Avert Brothers, right, for instance, and yep. stuff, and. And the the, beans, the last couple albums that uh, uh, both Tyler Childers and um, oh yeah and Sturgill Simpson did you know Sturgill uh, went Sturgill, did his right. entire four album sweep and during during lockdown uh, brought it in and did trad bluegrass versions of all his most popular songs uh, mm-hmm. because it was it was always in his mind to do so and when the pandemic rolled around after he uh, after he recovered from COVID he was just like I gotta get I gotta get this there done go. I gotta get this in the bag but I'm glad I kept my hat on for that because I'm out of go. time <laughs> hey Mark Mark yes. wasn't there like a shameless plug that you were going to make yes please you oh, were dear. saying about your friend mention your friend oh ukulele my ukulele buddies you yep. were talking about jake shimabukuro well uh, one of his great students was this guy named craig chi c-h-e-e and uh craig and sarah now if you can check them out on youtube i think craig's a great guy we, he was we were his first ukulele festival oh awesome and so i have a real soft place but he and he and his wife sarah meisel uh are insane they do kind of jazz standards on oh Euclid, neat and you wouldn't mm. believe it well we so will c-h-e-e do, you'll yeah, be fine no we'll 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 link to him in the show description because oh, uh, yet, again we're 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 the candy men when it comes to stuff that we uh find that we love yeah and uh so true that is going to do it for this episode of keep your hat on this is the narrow band broadcast network we are the guys uh from keep your hat on we are the humans the people Speak for yourself the life forms of keep your hat the on folks. 
That is Dr. Mark Peterson out in Wisconsin. That is Ty Robert Anthony over on the other side of town. That is Chris Vacano down the street from me. I'm Andrew Scott, and we will see you next time on Keep Your Hat On because we may end up miles from here. Take care, everybody. We will talk to you again soon. Oh, see, I'm waving at the camera, and I shouldn't be doing that anymore. We'll talk to you again soon, people. Take care, and bye-bye. Well, there's a chunk of time you can't get back. From Portland, Oregon, this has been Keep Your Head On, a big little show about a whole lot of nothing in particular. Keep Your Head On is a narrowband broadcast network production in association with PodSquadPDX.com. Andrew Scott, executive producer. Robert Anthony and Chris Vacano, associate producers. Our theme music was written and produced by Andrew Scott, along with help from Ron Kajawa. Website design and maintenance by Vacano Creative, Chris Vacano Webmaster. Available at VacanoCreative.com. Audio and video production by Andrew Scott. Available at AndrewScottMedia.com. Got ideas or comments for the show? Email us at talkback at kyhopodcast.com and don't forget to like, click, and subscribe. On behalf of the boys, I'm your announcer, Michael Brumage. Thanks for listening. Uh, I guess. All right, overdoing it. <laughs> Messes up my ability to edit, even though I love the sound. Damn it, Mark. Uh, Damn it, Ty. You're on camera, son. You guys. You You guys. guys, (laughs) Gunpowder, treason, and plot. NBBN. The Narrowband Broadcast Network. The focus is on you.